0: The chicken wins, try again. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I don't do karaoke unless I'm really drunk. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the four-word named film <laughs> Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. How many and times we're did we have to practice to-, to, do, to get that right? I'm going to mess it up so much. I had to like punch read the name more than ever, but uh, I-, I should get it, I think, by the end of this episode.
1: And to join us to help us make sure we get that title right and keep us honest throughout this entire episode, I am thrilled to have us joined by Roxana Haddadi, uh, who is a film, television, and pop culture critic um, with bylines including Pajiba, The IV Club, Roger Ebert, Crooked Marquis. I'm going to read these all, oh, by the way, just, just so you know.
2: <laughs> okay. Polygon, <laughs> Vulture,
1: Bright Wall, Dark Room. Room um, and has written extensively um, for uh, on articles that we have quoted on this show. Yes, um, and about the movie we're going to talk about tonight, H- Roxana. How are you?
2: I am doing well. I am already very amused, so I'm having a great time. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Well, so let's do that's it.
1: that's what we do on this show: is uh, amuse and uh, not enlighten in any way.
0: <laughs> There's some enlightenment there. You know, we, we will find. We will. We will push through. Uh, whatever nonsense, and there's normally a nugget, maybe like half an inch of a nugget just sort of, of like, oh, maybe that was a thing someone hadn't thought of before. Maybe. That's not (laughs) promised. Listeners, I'm not guaranteeing that. It might happen.
1: If there was a measure for enlightenment, I wonder what the negative scale would be. And how far we've hit on it? D- uh, darkness,
0: <laughs> um,
1: sorrow, R- <laughs>
2: agony, agony. <laughs>
1: that's what we do. That's that's our uh, negative two star rating on uh, iTunes is ag- agonizing. Yeah, uh, Roxana, how have you been doing? Like we, this is the first time we've met, but I presume, like the rest of us, you have been um, held captive in an apartment somewhere in New York City. Um, you know religiously watching twitter to see when uh our leadership changes and when this whole COVID thing would go away <laughs> what else have you been spending your time doing
2: that all sounds fairly accurate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i uh i am in a house in the suburbs outside baltimore maryland oh sorry um, I thought, I, for some reason yeah. i
1: thought you were in new york I apologize. no
2: not nearly <laughs> cool enough to be a new york city writer but yeah you're <laughs> doing a lot of just like fun the one spot on the couch where my butt groove hasn't totally taken over
0: uh-huh. ah yeah, yes
2: yeah definitely taken over it's pretty bad um <laughs> i'm okay i mean you know yeah just i, I think everything is traumatic all the time so yeah. i've been doing a lot of rewatching of things i love so doing a lot of like great british bake-off rewatching.
1: Mm. Lot, that was the the start of quarantine for us was uh, a lot of great british bake-off
2: yeah and like all Nadia season like I watch all of them but it's always going back to the Nadia season that's the best Um, and I don't know just trying to catch up on other stuff but powering through every day is a little bit of a struggle so it is what it is you know it is what it is
1: And I I wondered, since you uh, write in the film and television space, uh, maybe we could... And today was the day of the announcement of the nominees for the Golden Globes this year, which obviously... The Golden Globes is always slightly contentious because it is the preamble to the Oscars. Uh, But this year in particular, with COVID and the um unusual release structure of several films mm. i'm curious what your hot takes were on on any of the nominees um but you know we we specifically focus on the on the films but anything that kind of struck your struck your uh, your eye
2: um i mean i think you know like it's it- it's one of those tricky situations because I do th- I do think I'm gonna say something that's like rude or whatever, but I do think the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is a joke, right? It's like a couple <laughs> it's like a couple dozen people who yeah. are just very star fucky and wanna be in the same room as Oscar winners. Because how else do you nominate Jared Leto but not Paul Racy for sound and metal? Like I don't understand. <laughs> Insane. Um, yeah. So I mean I think they were terrible, but like in a way that is very uniformly terrible for them. Right? Right. Um, so, like, I think the I mean, I'm still nominations... reeling over
1: the tourist and Burles, so where yeah, do we go it, from here?
2: Right, and that's, like, exactly what they do, right? I mean, yeah. they're very interested, I think, in just getting the biggest names there. But even by those rules, there were things that were weird, like nominating James Corden for the prom instead of Meryl. That was very weird. Right. Yeah. That was very strange. And then, I mean, I think it's great to have three female director nominees that's awesome but -hmm. i also think it's strange that like one night in miami was nominated i think for regina king yeah but but then not for best film yeah yeah just these sort of weird oversights or overlaps and of course the unifying factor here is that most of these are like black led films or you have something like minari where it was very much a news headline when they decided that that would be in best foreign film and then today it didn't get any acting nominations at all so just very weird and very not good and I'll probably torture myself by watching them (laughs) (laughs) Just to
1: just to recover this topic here, which which I thought was fairly interesting, given that Parasite won best film last year. Yeah. Is Minari has not uh, a Minari, an American film about uh, a family immigrating to the United States, uh, but which is predominantly spoken in Korean, is not uh, categorized uh, in the well, it is categorized in the best foreign film section as opposed to the picture section how uh, are they
0: even justifying that like has anyone come back foreign from... language foreign yeah they're language. saying that yeah. it's
2: language so they're yeah. what they're saying is like it doesn't matter that it's an, it's an american production yeah. it's a foreign language film but then a lot of people made the argument of like then why didn't this matter for something like inglorious battle yep. which is right. mostly in german Brad Pitt's terrible Italian,
1: Italian accent, <laughs> Buongiorno. Buongiorno.
2: and a little bit of French, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, it's just all about the random arbitrary rules that they decide to make at any time.
0: I mean, I think that's a great point because as we should all know, all award shows mm-hmm. are just commercials that we made up. <laughs> um, a lot of things that we engage with, though, every day, are just made up. Uh, the economy, GameStop, I mean, proves that pretty much, and you know, money. So <laughs> I think that uh, as as a concept, I, I it's funny. I find myself always getting real up in arms about like, oh, what did they? Golden Globes, Oscars, and but then I'm like, oh yeah, like to your point, Roxana, like this is just a group of people that want to sit in a room with this other group of people, yeah. And and, and they kind of want to, I think, side note, this year, eat the Oscars lunch a little bit because they are allowed to because of the release structure. Um, I and don't know. I,
2: and I just think it sucks because it's like, we can say that. And, and we're right, again, that they are terrible people, clearly. But at the same time, <laughs> like, <laughs> they they do dictate the awards conversation they really d- they do dictate the awards conversation right and yeah. more nominations means more money which means more opportunities which means the industry very much stays the same and i think a lot about how like we can give a lot of grand speeches like francis mcdormand can talk about inclusion writers and Joaquin's rambling speech for diversity and equality when he won best actor for Joker or whatever. he was
1: talking about vegetarianism. I can't he was he talking he about talked cows. About,
2: he talked about <laughs> veganism but he did also talk about like creating more diverse opportunities or whatever but like, not very much changes because yeah. we're still giving the same import to the same sort of stories so I'm very torn about it Like, I, I do sort of brush off the golden globes because I know they quote unquote don't matter but mm. they do and that's the problem right yeah, so okay. I don't know it was trash though it was really bad. <laughs>
0: Also, this is the first time I've looked at a picture on their website of what the Golden Globe actually looks like. They're hideous like I, they're <laughs> disgusting yeah <laughs>
1: like oh, I there is it like a globe a golden globe it's like I mean, a it's a, like, like a, a golden globe right
0: It's a shaft that says lettering that ho- is holding up what looks that what can only be a melted piece of chocolate wrapped in gold leaf uh, <laughs> of a planet with like I guess it's
2: film celluloid It looks like toilet paper.
0: It's re- you could you could, oh my god you could install this as a toilet paper holder yeah. and it would work beautifully. It's really I would bad. probably try to eat it if you just said it was chocolate. Uh, <laughs> um, well, the top the top yeah. looks like chocolate.
2: Do you know how more fun it would be if they just gave you like a chocolate <laughs> statue? Like Candy I'd be bites. so much happier. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: that scene from Avengers Endgame with the uh, with Hulk giving you a taco.
2: Yeah, that's what I want. Or go back to original Avengers and just give me some shawarma. Like that, yep. I want that. I don't yeah. want this crappy award.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite post credits things. in it's uh, so good. It's so good. Yes. So
1: um, we are here to discuss Eliza Hittman's uh, 2020 film. Oh, by the way, sorry, Roxana. Just a side note. By the way, for the last thing, do you think we can do our top twenty, uh, our top films of 2020 without having seen Nomadland and Minari at this point? Do you think we have to see those? We have yeah, to see I those. Yeah, I do. I do think yeah. you have to see those. Yeah.
2: You have to Minari see those two was two. like I, Minari was in my top five, so yeah.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have to absolutely see those. So that probably
0: means to, our that probably means our twenty twenty top yeah. ten is going a, to be released sometime months in months May.
1: <laughs> 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 You're fine. You have time. Yeah, You're fine. fine. You have time. time doesn't it's,
0: really matter anymore. Again, time also invented by us. At least the reading of it, not the actual force. Yeah. Um, I, I I suddenly <laughs> uh, side uh, stepped into that because I I. I
1: realized one of the reasons that i wanted to see never um, really sometimes always although it came out in the middle of last year was that i wanted to catch up with this i'd heard so much good uh good um, word about it and it was a film that i felt like we should see if we're doing our top uh at least mm-hmm. doing our top 10 i noticed uh i, I looked at your top 20 films or oh, top 10 films of the year and it appears on there as well as desmanari by the way um so i'm very excited to talk about this film i'm very glad that you were able to join us to talk about this film uh matt could you tell us what it's about?
0: Well, I can surely tell you what the Internet Movie Database wants us to think it's about. <laughs> uh, which I, I will we'll judge its accuracy after I read it. A pair of teenage girls in rural Pennsylvania traveled to New York City to seek out medical help after an unintended pregnancy. Accurate. It, that yeah. is an accurate. Yeah, I think that's yeah.
2: very accurate.
0: And I think I think um, this falls into one of those like, this is what it is. It gets you right into it. Uh <laughs> but does not do anything to... It it doesn't mislead, but it also lets you discover what's special about the film without, like, like putting words in, like, an emotionally fraught trip to, like, you know what I mean. So I appreciate the description. Matt um, uh, loves to uh, analyze
1: every detail of the movie, including its description, uh, <laughs> to no end.
2: Listen, as a judgment are... on the
0: film itself, this description is—it's not a judgment on the film. It's—it's always a judgment on the amdiba. It's not—it's <laughs> not—it's um, not on the film. They don't. I mean, someone from the film provides it, but that doesn't matter, right? Um,
2: and I do think this is one of those movies that has to walk the tricky line of like it's very clearly about abortion and how difficult it has become Mm -hmm. to get one in the U S but I think it also has to not be like, this is a movie about abortion. Because God forbid you talk about abortion in a country where you should be able to get one. So I think it had to watch, it had to walk that very tricky line. Which also, you know, the movie Little Woods had to do the same thing a couple years ago, Nia DaCosta's Little Woods, where they sort of advertised it as being more about Tessa Thompson's character and like her drug dealing and like drug running across the border to Canada. But she was doing that so that the character that was her sister could get an abortion in Canada. You know, yeah. so right. it's like we have have these layers of subterfuge <laughs> in these movies. Need yeah. need
0: a lot of sugar for for the medicine to go down or at yeah. least to get people to, to look at the bottle. Yeah. Um yeah. And,
1: and I think I think, you know, the other reason I wanted to do this is the the film actually in its description reminded me of uh, Christian Migu's um Romanian film from years ago, uh, four uh, four months, three weeks, two days, which is a film about um, you know a young girl trying to get an abortion in uh, Romania uh, under the Ceausescu uh, government, uh, and and I guess there was to me there was a certain irony about that, given that that was made under a sort of uh, antiquated uh, abortion ban in that country, and yet here we are in 2020 in the United States, and the same story kind of resonates given that we are uh, kind of uh, a Western democracy, supposedly, uh, you know, first world nation, yet this topic of abortion in American culture is so prevalent. Um, And, and, you know, the other film that I kind of thought of that that did sear itself into my brain uh, many years ago was um, Tony Kaye's documentary Lake of Fire. I don't know if Mm -hmm. either of you saw that, Mm -hmm. Um, but he basically, I I think he, didn't he film that for something like 10 years or something like that?
2: I think Uh, so. It was like some elongated period of, time yeah Tony yeah. Kay was
1: uh, the director of American History X um, but this was this documentary project that he'd labored over for a long time uh, basically examining uh, the abortion issue not from a sort of political or polemic uh, point of view but rather from sort of just a humanist angle of of looking at just how people respond to this topic um, on both sides of the of the conversation and it's, it's I guess it's unusual um, you know to think about well maybe it's perhaps not unusual to think about how American culture has is kind of manifesting itself in the last four years and I'm saying that specifically in four years um but but the the amount of polarization that uh, happens around a topic you're either for it or against it seems to be heavily prevalent in this in this issue of abortion which is a complicated gray area um for a lot of people it's not a it's not a it doesn't strike me as a as a topic that is um absolute on either side it's it's a, a fairly sensitive personal decision for a lot of people yet again this is a country uh, or America is a country which has made um I guess interesting erosions on abortion rights sort of periodically over over time that makes it seem analogous to Ceausescu's Ro- Romania uh, from 1966 <laughs> and I think I, I don't know all of that kind of led me I I'm And there is, of course, um, a sort of strong history. You mentioned Nia Costas' film, Little Woods, Um, you know, films like um, Obvious Child, which came out a few years ago as well, you know, deal with the the sort of the the issues surrounding abortion. There is obviously a sort of almost a subgenre of abortion films, Um, but it is that sort of interesting, you know, um, lens to look at America through, which is that it's such a uniquely antiquated approach to this topic which most first world countries have kind of already navigated in some way i don't know did did that i mean that's a lot to front load on the conversation (laughs) about this film (laughs) but i but i i'm sort of curious about like how to approach this film with that in mind
2: yeah i mean i think all of that is valid i think that there is very much a subgenre of these movies. You could also include the movie Premature, which also came out last yeah. year, got somewhat overshadowed by Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, but is also about a young woman who decides to get an abortion um, before she leaves for college. And I think it's very much. My, my personal feeling is mm. that I think it's very much an issue that works itself out in cinema because I don't think people are capable of having intelligent conversations about it in real life. Yes. Like, I, like, I agree with you that it's somewhat of a murky gray area, and I think internally that's how a woman deciding to get an abortion yeah. feels i do not think it's like oh well gonna get an abortion let's fucking do it you know like yeah, i don't, yeah. I, don't I, I don't
1: i don't in any way want to suggest that i'm uh no no no, no. Uh, i don't think i don't think uh, positing you were suggesting that anti-abortion that. is uh, no, as no, no, a no. valid uh, political ideology
2: no i don't think yeah. you were suggesting that but i just mean i think that that you, you know the conversation is so polarized it's been polarized since mm. roe v wade passed and it has allowed has been allowed to be polarized because america has convinced itself that it's a christian nation and that's (laughs) bad for christianity and jesus and like jesus doesn't like it and all that stuff right i mean all those issues like it was a trump issue but it was also a george w bush issue and it was also a Mm. reagan issue and so it's it's just been an issue for a long time this conversation is always happening you know and i think that for a lot of people who consider themselves christian this is their one issue right? This yeah. is what they vote on. So I, I just think it's one of those things that it's very difficult to have a nuanced conversation in real life. And I just don't think that people are capable of approaching it in a way that doesn't vilify and destroy women <laughs> I mean, to yeah. be perfectly yeah. blunt you know like i i just don't think it's possible like i think about marjorie green or whatever and like yeah. her levels <laughs> of insanity and her wearing a covid mask that says end abortion on it and it's like jesus christ yeah you know so well, ah, sorry matt go ahead no no no, 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 no. so, so yeah. there's
0: something interesting about about the be, beyond the um the safety and moral and all of the sort of things that we've discussed uh, the the personal nature of this decision etc almost like we should let people govern their own bodies but even even beyond that
2: right unless it's a public health crisis and then you don't get a choice
0: well yes but that's yeah but that's that, but the other thing i mean we could we could spin off on that too yeah. uh but the the interesting thing, and I think the the Trump presidency has proven this, even though it has been um, it has been a tale as old as American time. Uh, I think the United States and its population is addicted to being angry. I don't think we know how to not be angry, and I think that we've also seen, oft, weirdly enough, I'm going to tie this back to QAnon. Oh God. Um, we've seen with the crazy people <laughs> Both in of us QAnon, at that moment i know I, w- with the people the, the 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 nut jobs that believe in in that stuff if you look at the basis of what that sort of some of that belief structure is it's oh they're trying to stop pedophile rings or hurting children and you look at the concept of hurting children it is a universal thing that even if people are hurting children everyone will verbally say you should not hurt children don't hurt children because of course you shouldn't hurt children it's something that is so easy to be on the right moral side of verbally or presenting wise, etc. And then you take abortion and you can take this nebulous thing that should be a personal choice based on the, the, the microcosm in which it has a uh, uh, conception has occurred or whatever. And you can take that and roll it into being angry about wanting to save children. And it's, it's like the lowest hanging fruit for the easiest emotional payoff for a political party. And it, it's it's quite insane that it's been able to run this gambit. I mean, I guess it's not insane because we see what the internet does to people uh, sometimes. For all the good it does, it also does a lot of bad. So I, it, it's it's always— Are you suggesting, Matt, that, that Donald Trump didn't believe in abortion? Uh, you know, <laughs> if—, if
1: or didn't actually think... have an opinion one way or the other on the subject, and just yeah. oh, I it as, think a, he's...
0: as a political wedge. I think uh, <laughs> due to per- possibly his history, he's quite pro mm-hmm. uh, pro-choice, but not for his political career. <laughs> um, it, it's it's and it, that's that's the truth of the matter too. Even just ending my thought on that, these uh, many of these people don't follow the tenets that they preach, no. and this is just a maneuvering chip to get people on their side with a very easy good versus evil narrative and that's just utterly false and has hurt fucking so many people um i
2: even think that's giving them too much credit i think a lot of it is just about control Mm. i don't think so much of it is about you know good versus evil i just think a lot of it is about control and the tale of oldest time of fucking patriarchy and the fact that you know providing women with control of their own bodies is scary And I think that that is a lot of the root of it. I can't think I'm going to say something hyperbolic and I'm sure somebody will say I'm wrong, but I can't think of like another thing that is a law and a Supreme Court decision that consistently from when it passed, just people have been like, no, fuck this, we're going to ruin it we're gonna yeah. overturn it and we're gonna chip away at it and we're gonna make it worse and worse and worse and worse like we've never been able to pull that off with like gun control like <laughs> you know like we've never been able to pull that off with like expanded health care yeah. or things that you know would serve a material gain it seems like the only thing that people you know want to fuck around with is further limiting abortion and Further fucking over poor people, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's very dispiriting. So, with <laughs> all of that context, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> with all of that context, I do think never, sometimes, rarely, oh like it is. It is very much a heavy movie. I I, I can't tell you that it's like an enjoyable watch, right? But I do think that it's very fulfilling in its vision of what it's like to be a teenage girl who feels forgotten. Mm, And I think that that is tangible in like every second of this movie is that you're either forgotten or someone's trying to fuck you. And like, Mm. that's it, right? Like those are her only interactions Mm -hmm. with men or with boys, her own age are like dismissal, or hatred and I think that the movie brings you into that world so fully that for me it's almost a little overwhelming to like remember some of the scenes of that movie just because the level of how uncomfortable it makes you is so mm. high like yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how you guys want to approach (laughs) talking about this.
0: Well, I think fulfilling is a really good way of putting the how this uh, how this film hits you like it is. It's it's some work, but also necessary. And at the end, uh, you know, we'll get into it more. But I did. I think I felt fulfilled by it. Like it, Mm -hmm. it was it was worth in spades the journey that it made you take.
1: Yeah, and I—it's I, odd. Um, I think we talked about this last week when we were talking about Tina, and I, I
0: don't want to. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. What? How, how do
1: these overlap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, i will will tell you exactly how it overlaps for me.
0: Which was, Christopher Nolan can't <laughs> write women. Yeah, and then wait, hold on. I got. We, no, we I got. Went back long. in
1: time and decided to <laughs> no. And, um, but for me, the thing was the. While I agreed it is a difficult movie, it's also, um. A unifyingly human experience that is beautiful to to watch on screen. And <laughs> while and I think that we we sort of preamble this by by front loading this that this is a movie about someone trying to get an abortion and it is the the sort of the odyssey of making the journey to achieve that goal. Uh, but in many ways, like the thing that makes this such uh, a beautiful film in my in my opinion and one that is deeply, um, one that deeply resonates at least for me. Is that it's a really touching story about two friends or two cousins, mm-hmm. and I, the thing I was taken by was just you know putting it at the most basic level is like, man, Skyla is so ride or die for Autumn. I was just like, I was like, I need a friend like this in my life, and 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 of course the film, the, the delicate weaving of what this film is doing is that it is using. This beautiful, poignant, real relationship to underline and underscore the difficulty that a woman of her age and living in a, in a state or in the United States um, having to deal with the issues that she's having to deal with and how alone she feels. But punctuating it with this beautiful, absolute, um, you know, uh, bedrock foundation of a friendship that is like, I am there for you no matter what. And I'm there for you in every situation. And I am. Uh, it doesn't matter if you tell me to fuck off. I'm going to be there for you. And it doesn't matter if we don't have any money. I am there for you. It doesn't matter if we have no way to stay. I am there for you. And I think that 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 foundation. The reason why I, I sort of I, I bring it back. I, I'm I'm referencing tenant in that is that we were talking last week a little bit about what we want out of films in the pandemic or in our pandemic, in our sort of, uh, you know, uh, quarantine state. And for me, human experiences are what I want. You know, I don't want mm. empty spectacle anymore. I don't want, you know, big machinations The you know, I, I don't want you to show me how much you can be clever. I want to, I, I want to feel connections and I want to feel human interactions. And uh, Talia Ryder and Sidney Flanagan in this movie are just one of the most beautiful pair, you know, paired relationships where someone is in distress and needs help and someone is there for them and 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 is always there for them and i just i i couldn't quite get over how powerful that appeal is, you know, like the abortion thing, the, the the narrative of the abortion is underlined and it's there and it's very, it's a very honest depiction of, of, you know, Pennsylvania state law when it comes to abortions and, and these sort of clinics that, that sort of, um, are presenting themselves at abortion clinics, but actually are trying to, un, you know, uh, talk you out of an abortion. Um, and the sort of hypocrisy and, and, and strange, um, I guess, approach to, uh, A medical health issue uh, that that is, but but underneath, uh, uh, on top of all of this, is this beautiful friendship, Um, and that's really what I hung on to for this film. I I don't know if that was the same for you or what it was for you, but but that was the just so beautiful in this movie.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, one of you—I don't remember which one—used the term Odyssey, and Mm. that's what this it like. So uh, even this will be the only time I think in this discussion that I'll sort of strip away the the context of what they are doing. The, the, you know, regardless of what the challenge is, the challenge is akin to the Odyssey. Like it is, it is a, it is, it's so difficult for these two characters to get to their goal in, in the real world that you feel the oppression of the entire system sort of working against them. Um, at literally every turn that is not to one another mm. um and uh, again the friendship did strike me uh as incredibly heartwarming in fact it <laughs> my my first note my first post watch note is just three words holy shit friendship exclamation <laughs> point like it yeah. was just it was so beautiful to see and 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 the, the way it was crafted to, like, there's minimal dialogue in this movie, uh, and that it do- doesn't... It 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 strengthens it, in my opinion, because you start seeing and feeling... It feels... it This is a real issue that's happening in the real world that this narrative film is telling us, but everything felt like it had so much weight because it was presented in... I mean, you know, not a documentary because there's more style and all that stuff and it's actors and a story, but, like... It it felt so grounded in reality to me that it made me uh feel incredibly close to the characters and the material and 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 everything. Uh and and as sort of a side note just from our um <laughs> before we, we dive deeper into it, I will say this, on a weird side level, it made me not only sort of hungry for like post-COVID friendships, but also. This is going to be a weird thing, uh, being in the city.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna like say, they're say not that.
0: in like mm. glorious parts of New York City. No. They are not in in. I mean, they're in Port Authority for about a third of the film, yeah. <laughs> and I cannot picture a place I would not want to be more. But, um, <laughs> but the the interesting thing yeah. about that is. I found myself missing, like, because I I used to commute from Jersey. Like, I know that place, like, the back of my hand. And I was like, oh, they're at Strikers. I was like, they're at Strikers. I've never wanted to go to Strikers, and now I'm kind of like, oh. Or, like, the garbage karaoke bar. Just, like, I don't know. Th- th- and I think that does speak to not only our, my want to get out there uh, back into the world, but also how real this thing felt. Uh, and even though they are in absolutely terrible situations, their friendship shines through during, like through the grime of it all. And uh, I don't know, that just worked for me uh, start to finish.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things about their friendship too is that you get a sense, obviously, they're cousins. They're about the same age. Like, they know each other's families. I think they go to the same school. They work at the mm-hmm. same grocery store. I think a lot of also what the movie does really well is shows that they're friends for all of those, like, Obvious you're in each other's circles your whole lives, reasons, but also because as teenage girls, they've experienced so much of the same thing, and they realize that, like, there's a very, there's only so much difference between one of them needing an abortion and the other not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, each of them could have been in that situation. You know, like, we get a sense that, I mean, we see it, that both of them are being sexually harassed, if not, like, abused at Mm -hmm. their after-school job. Both of them are bullied at school, you know? Like, both of them are in home situations that are not necessarily safe and Mm. that are living to paycheck to paycheck. They have to steal the money for the bus ride to New York. When they run out of money, they essentially have to go on a date with this guy who will basically, I don't want to say pay them to hang out with him but that's really what he does and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is like they're just united in the fact that as young women who are both attractive and Mm. young they are gonna face a lot of obstacles that they're both gonna recognize and there's something very deeply depressing about that but also real that you do as a woman have certain unifying experiences with other women that people might not really understand until it is this methodically laid out for people to watch. And I think that's what this movie does really well, right? Is that it really methodically builds this friendship, but it makes plain what each obstacle is mm-hmm. like yeah. the terrible talent show experience makes yeah. plain to you like how much this town is going to beat their dreams out of these girls mm-hmm. and like those terrible meal scenes with their families who just don't give a shit about that <laughs> you know yeah. and like and a lot of it i think is also i'm i'm making it like somewhat exaggerated but i think the movie does a good job of also making plain that like some of this is abuse and negligence and some of this also is just living in a town that's dying Like, that doesn't have a lot to offer these girls anyway. And so I think that there is this reality of growing up working class in an industrial town that doesn't have industry anymore. And just the weight of that on top of the weight of being a teenage girl who needs help, who can't get it from anyone. So I think the movie is, like, balancing a lot of stuff really well. It has the friendship angle. It has the reality of the difficulty of getting healthcare as a teenager in this country. And I think that, you know, you couldn't really say enough about how well done those scenes in Planned Parenthood are.
1: Yeah. That's you know it's amazing. because they yeah. did
2: like they did cast real counselors to be with the actresses in those conversations. And I think they're so intimate and harrowing. But again, like I keep going back to this sense of like fulfilling because I think like we all said there's so much humanism in those moments and so much empathy and I don't know how you could not watch those scenes and feel something, you know? Like yeah, I, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean the single the single shot take shot of uh, of her being queried with the never, sometimes really always um, questionnaire. I think is you know it's one of the uh, moments of the year. You know, like as far as cinematic experiences go, it is one of the singular, most beautiful, beautifully considered and executed moments um, that is not showy, that is not um, flashy. It's just simply about, uh, and I think what, what it does is it, 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 finally for her, validates the trauma that she has been experiencing. You know, like someone is actually asking her how she is and what is the things that you've been through. And I think everything that we've seen bef- uh, up until that scene has been underlying this idea that there is a commodification to every exchange that they have with men. Yeah. And, you know, like, like and, and they implicitly, uh, particularly um, um, Sydney's character, uh, oh, sorry, Skylar's character, um, understands that there is a negotiation that happens in all of these exchange exchanges that they can either be upset about, which they are, and they're terrible and they're harrowing, you know. So, for example, the thing that you mentioned, which I actually didn't, I didn't fully understand uh, when I first saw it. I w- I wasn't certain what was happening or how it was happening. Mm-hmm. But I certainly, within the confines of this world, go well. That is just another shitty thing that these two girls have to put up with. What is the grocery store uh, uh, owner? Who would kiss their hands as he as they, as they handed? I don't know about you, but I I like gasped when that mm-hmm. happened. Oh, I, I was, was like, horrified. Yeah, and I was like, how? You know, I I just my brain couldn't compute how that happens. But then there was a part of me that goes, I've never had to deal with like casual abuse in that way and that's what it is it's like this casual abuse yeah
0: well that's that's the thing like from from our perspective shahir we haven't like we just don't have we have been privileged enough to not have to deal with things like that and a movie like this in the way that it does treat these again the 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 way it portrays uh men is terrible and realistic like it's just it, it, it and it's and it's not like it's not like a, a, a lot of films which will have, like, one or two characters that, like, give you the gut punch. It's just, like, continually hitting well, you in the face, which which honestly it gets, gets across to the best, I think, that we will ever be able to understand. That this is not just like, oh, there's one or two bad people that you have to watch out for. Like, this is a systemic issue that young women have to deal with in perpetuity like it's it's fucking terrible and it 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 allows us i think in a very small way or or people that do not experience that or they're privileged enough to not experience that to at least sort of have that a the uncomfortableness but be like the oh yeah of course this is terrible like i don't know
1: I mean, the, just again to counterpoint it to a big blockbuster, and I, I'm not doing this to sort of deride the blockbusters as much as I'm just sort of saying. Are you though? Know, blockbuster suck. <laughs> but but to think about the scenes of Cheetah's evolution in Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> oh, and, why? And, 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 oh my god! But just but just thinking about like the way that that film underscores, you know, a, a, a woman directed film underscores abuse by like suggesting that every corner is literal rape. Right. Is is far more. Um, just like unrealistic in the confines of that film as much as this film is like ghastly in the in the smallest confines like like uh, um, Skylar being tapped on the shoulder in the butt on the bus is this invasion of of her space that that you use you, you know like uh, this movie balances so well now obviously they're entire th- these movies are doing entirely different things and work in entirely different ways but I'm suggesting that they that that You know, there is a sort of sense that both films are kind of acknowledging, at least, the kind of casual uh, systemic sexism that both these characters have to deal with. And in one situation, particularly for me, this just resonated because I suddenly I I felt every incursion as like a violation, even the even the sort of smallest violations.
2: And Um, I think the thing that's different too is that. I don't think. I think Wonder Woman 1984 is purely using that scene to then show us, like you said, Cheetah's transformation and then to walk it back to make Mm. us feel bad. For Cheetah almost killing her would-be rapist, you know what I mean? Like that, like that that scene functioned in that movie in a very strange way, of like raising the stakes super high, and then yeah. making us see Cheetah as like this monster for then mm. trying to kill this man. Whereas, like in this movie, and I think also something like the assistant, or mm, something yeah, like yeah. promising young woman, they're mm-hmm. more about like patriarchy as this like overwhelming smothering fabric. That is yeah. always like weighing on top of you in different ways. Like, because in The Assistant, like that main character is never really herself like directly abused. No, but she but she's is constantly she's constantly seeing it and aware yeah. of it and living it. And then in something like promising young woman, you have the very intentional casting of like all of the internet's old boyfriends. And yep. like that commentary <laughs> on like nice guys and like what is it? Yeah mean to be a nice guy and the guy on the bus in never rarely sometimes always is a nice guy right yeah. i mean i don't want to say that he like abuses skylar but he does all the things a nice guy does like
1: yeah and we can, interrupts and we can her see, space and yeah. yeah
2: interrupts her space and like sort of like offers her you know i said offers her money to hang out he's obviously not that blatant with it but it's like hey if you want to go on a date with me it's like well i need food so i guess <laughs> you yeah <know>? yeah, <laughs> like, like we talked about in terms of like transactional like yeah. everything is very transactional um which is cynical but true
0: yeah
1: and it's clever that the film understands that the, the film doesn't just posit these two characters as um um passive in that, in that they understand the transactions and they're right. shitty. But they understand what they are and they know there is a time to um to walk away and there is a time that they need to engage because this is the world they live in. Mm-hmm. And you know, in order to get where they need to go, these are the things they have to do. And and I think all of that is strengthened by the fact that Skylar takes it upon herself to engage in those transactions so that she can protect, um, autumn from, you know, like because she understands what autumn is going through and what she needs is someone to be there for her to kind of deal with all of this, You know, like it's, it, I, I, you know, like as a, as someone who's pragmatic about money that I was kind of horrified when she had, when she suddenly had to give away all her money to pay for the abortion. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, and I was just like, oh, you know, you should have thought about, you know, how are you going to get home? But of course she's not thinking about that. Right. And and Skylar doesn't judge her for that. That's that's the thing, you know, like that was the, the sort of the beauty of it is Skylar goes, okay, I get it. Let's figure out something else we have to do. I'm going to stick with you. Let's, you know. Let's get through this. And, and uh, you know, again, the scene where she's actually being counseled, again, by another woman who seems to understand what it is she's going through and has seen this a number of times before is beautiful. Um, but when Skylar, uh, you know, goes away with the, the guy on the bus, I think his name is Jasper, and then, you know, there's that sort of, haunting exchange of looks. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then when she's behind the pillar and... And holding her hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Autumn holds her hand. And
1: it's just this... I, I mean, I think... I mean, the thing is, is that scene is everything we've been talking about, right? Like, it is... Yeah. That scene is everything we've been talking about summed up, which is that there is a commodification going on here. There's a transaction that's happening, which is clearly one-sided but is happening because it, this character realizes that this is what needs to happen in order to get them out of the situation and she's willing to do it in order to protect her cousin who is going through one of the most horrific things that you know a young woman will have to negotiate or navigate not made easy by the fact that this choice is not made, um, not made friendly or easy or usable because of the society we live in, and it's 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 just you know that the those two touching hands behind that pillar is just such a beautiful summation of all of that, so so perfectly intertwined. Um, yeah, I, I you know
2: and it's a movie that like otherwise sort of rejects sentimental moments of course yeah yeah like it's very pragmatic like you said like skylar is very logical like mm. she knows they need money you know she yeah. knows that they need somewhere to go to spend the night because they didn't again how much you don't realize, right? Like they didn't realize how much the appointment would cost. They didn't realize they made their first appointment at the wrong place. They didn't Mm -hmm. realize it would take two days. Like all of these things, like these miniature obstacles that neither of them is going to give up and turn around. But like, what the hell are we going to do? And like tale as old as time, very depressing, but like what you got, you got your body. And so I think that it's very logical and sad in that way. But, like you said, like Skyler is willing to do it if it means that she can protect Autumn. And she knows that Autumn is going to be there to protect her. So it's very beautiful and very sad. And it makes me think, I mean, have I, I don't want to spoil anything. Have either of you seen First Cow? Have you both seen yes. First oh, Cow? Oh, yes. We have discussed it on the, okay. on the podcast. Okay. First Cow is
1: yeah.
0: the last film I saw in a theater. Yeah. Okay, there but you go. A, First Cow is the male
1: equivalent of the same yes. story. Right? I think, yeah.
2: like, them holding hands behind That's... the pillar, to me, <laughs> is them lying down together to die. Like, yeah. it is that one moment that unites you and it's just very beautiful and very sad. I don't know. I don't want to cry, but um, somebody's but, No, I, I get I it. You, again.
1: <laughs> well, well you're, yeah. you're, you're making me well up, but it's, it's yeah. like it, but because it, because it, it's it's deeply human, right? Like it's this this thing. Where it's like it's not logical. It's not rational. Skyla has every right in in that situation to walk away. To you yeah. Know, to like use to 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 do whatever she has to do. You know, like uh, Autumn tells her to fuck off at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really dismissively. And Skyla has every right to leave. And I, and I thought she would, but she doesn't. Yeah. She stays. Well, and you know?
0: and, and I, I think you hit the nail a little bit on the head even further. it's This is a bleak real world that this is happening in. And there is this, the, the one thing, the one good thing that these girls have going for themselves is each other. And every time that is tested in this film, they they are there for each other and they don't let that sort of break. So while again, we've discussed many of the terrible things that they have to go through and the, and the utter horror of like doing this entire journey to do something so, um, difficult, uh, is, is, is punct like basically their friendship being so strong is this sort of like punctuation in the opposite direction that just makes it shine all that more brightly in this story. Um, I I was trying to think of uh, in recent history, sort of like another film that like has hit what, I don't want to say shown friendship off better. I I will say make, this is going to be a weird sort of thing to say, but like make me jealous of that human connection as much. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was was
1: very jealous. (laughs) I was like, nobody's
0: doing this for me. (laughs) And it's hilarious because look at the situations that they are in and, and, Obviously, no one is wishing to be in those situations, but to have someone have your back like that is something I think every human being, uh, I imagine, uh, I've only been the one human being, so I can't say for sure, is something that people want and, and desire deeply, um, that level of connection. So, and, and this film really does put that on display uh, amidst the horrors that it puts these characters through. Um, I had and- one hanging question About the narrative, which which
1: hung over my head the entire film. And then as it came to the end, when it wasn't really resolved, I was I was kind of like um, not not um, unfulfilled by that. But I was like, oh, maybe I'm just reading this the wrong way.
0: Yes. The eatery in Port Authority that they ate at has been closed for three years. But other than no,
2: (laughs) I'm so curious. I'm so curious. What is it? The father. Oh, do you really think it matters?
1: I I I I thought it did the entire okay. film, but then obviously the film doesn't, you know. Yeah, I don't it think it matters. It doesn't matter at all. in the context of the film and and no. her moment on the bus is everything I need to know mm-hmm. about what this film is trying to say, which is the that, that, you know, and and I think, you know, like, Roxanne, you kind of opened with this this is a deeply upsetting movie and it's and it's sad and it's depressing. But I I I think I took away that it's also ultimately hopeful and it's ultimately yeah. optimistic and beautiful and, and like a really touching and beautiful portrait of like people. Um, but, but yeah, the father was the thing that just hung over my head the entire time as I, you know, I and, and I think the thing is, I think a lesser film would have used the father for cheap effect um, yeah. in the way that yep. I think, you know, like in a way that I think the film is setting or is potentially setting that up. Um, but, But this film is not that. You know what I mean?
2: Right. And I think something that we talked about, like, in introducing so many male characters who in various ways are just casually cruel to them or use them for whatever or treat them purely as sex objects or whatever. I mean, we see it all, right? Like We see the mom's abusive boyfriend and we see the bullying kids at school and we see her ex-boyfriend who's a dick and we see the grocery store guy. I mean, all of that stuff. Like, I think they all exist in somewhat of an even playing field and that it doesn't matter who of them it was, or if it was somebody we don't meet at all, ultimately she doesn't want to do it. Right. I mean, ultimately like her choice is to not do this with her life. And I think that takes more primacy than anything else i think for me it's depressing mostly just because i'm a pessimistic person by <laughs> nature i mean truly i am so while i like love these moments of human connection and film sometimes my default is just like well she still has to go back to this shitty situation and so that's yeah. the thing that's hard for me is like she still has to go back there and They're probably, you know, for every one of her who realizes that this, like, fake abortion clinic is trying to get her to change her choice, there's going to be a girl who does change her choice because of Mm -hmm. that. Or there is going to be a girl who, like, Autumn fails to do, tries to abort on herself and force a miscarriage. Like, all of these things that we see her cycle through, there's always going to be somebody who that is what happens to them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so, in that way... Like, I admire what happens and that these characters have this bond and that they make it through and they return home together. And you know that they're always going to be each other's person. Mm-hmm. But I just think the movie also makes clear how exceptional that is, mm. you know? Yeah. And how mm. it's not like that for a lot yeah. of other people. So yeah. because that picture... is what makes it hard for me, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, can, you can yeah.
0: very easily picture. Uh, uh uh you know because it happens literally all the time every day the, people having to deal with the things that they deal with that don't have an autumn or a skylar like right. and that's uh, sad and and i think i think why I beyond all of the great reasons we've talked about why I think it's safe to say that we all enjoy this film. Uh It maybe enjoyed the wrong word, but like uh, uh we're fulfilled by this film found it to go meaningful back or like, yeah, found
2: it fulfilling. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I think that reason, something there. And I hope that other people that see it, too, because, again, I feel like this is a film that. I would like people that would not normally see it to see it. And if maybe listener, if you're out there, OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com, write us in. Let us know if if, for instance, if you just listen to us for the melodious sound of our voice and don't always listen to the watch the films, and this isn't something that you'd normally go for, I would pause it and ask that you do because I feel like this is a film that can do a lot of weirdly cultural good on a few different fronts if the right people in the right moment saw it. Mm. Um, now, granted, that's a. I too am overly a pessimist. Do I think that's going to happen? This is not one of the films that people that need to see it are probably going like in that angle of it. Mm-hmm. But like, I do think that if it got in front of people and people, um, had you know what is that word is it humanity yeah if people had humanity uh i think it could do a lot to uh change at least a couple the uh, discussion points in or at least sticking points or adjust or, or do something in 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 certain people's minds
1: well uh, i think it's well, that I'm, powerful in my opinion but but to your point as well it's like Like you said, it made me miss wandering through New York and, like, the shitty excursions that I had to do, you know, when you're, like, having to get from Brooklyn to Manhattan on the subway and it's snowing and you're, like, your metro car doesn't work and you're, like, having to drag something heavy through the subway. It's, like, it is a perfect encapsulation of, like, what it's like to be in New York City. Like, it felt like the most New York of, uh, of any film that I'd seen recently, including Soul, which is kind of like mm. this little beautiful grandeur of New York City, which I really did enjoy, don't get me wrong. But this is like, oh yeah, this is a New York I know, which is like, shit, I don't want to go to Port Authority, but yes, I'm stuck <laughs> in Port Authority, and this is oh, my life now. I've um, been stuck
0: in Port Authority so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but again, to that point, I think the other side of this is, like, this is the kind of film... That it works on so many different levels, which is that it is, um, it is a, a, on the one hand, a pretty powerful PSA for why abortion rights matter, for why pro-choice, um, you know, like having effective pro-choice um, uh, facilities in small towns matters, and how like the difference between one person just asking the right questions can actually help navigate and counsel someone to whatever decision is like correct for that person um and and in a way that does more policy good than than you know any kind of discussion about like the the merits of pro-choice or anti you know anti-abortion whatever your position might be um this this does more for understanding what a pro-choice movement is and and um and in a way you know like aptly counsels um, the most vulnerable in this scenario, which is young women, you know, it, it aptly says like this is you know, and it and like you said, Roxana, it's deeply um, pessimistic about the way we treat um, you know un, unplanned pregnancy, especially yeah. in young women, and especially and and how we and how difficult it is to navigate. Now, personally, again coming from outside of the United States, I think all for some reason in America, all healthcare decisions are treated in a in a fairly um, uh, um, antiquated way. It's all, it's way. all it,
2: shitty. You can just say it's, it's all, all shitty, and yeah. it's all yeah. Yeah.
1: difficult for. It, yeah. It's all unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. Uh, but this is something that is unnecessarily difficult in the most sensitive time, and yeah. and Cru- I mean
2: cruel and yeah. it's difficulty. and cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I and, mean,
1: you know, like and and maybe the one glaring. Policy point about this that I think there is a a sort of a bigger conversation about that is happening about this is the global gag rule. Um, There was a instituted, I believe, during George Bush Senior's um, administration, which was the idea that uh, funds from the United States given to aid to other countries uh, will not be provided to any NGO or facility or uh, organization that counsels women on abortion or provides uh, abortion services. And it's just this like again unnecessarily cruel. Um, and uh, almost uh, colonizing approach to 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 aid, um, and it's and it's uh, it's trouble. It, it's it should be troubling to everybody.
2: America doing <laughs> colonialism? What? No, Amer- That's crazy. American Empire exerting American Empire
1: built? Yeah.
2: What? Uh, Wild. But, shit. In, but in the
1: most direct, uh, in the most sort of like.
2: I don't in know. various a way. There's pretty you know, direct I mean, ways. Like in the most punching people when they're down quality. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, it's the equivalent of being like, no, fuck you, Palestinians. You don't get the COVID vaccine. I mean, it's yeah. exactly that sort of thinking where it's yeah. like, you're in your most dire time of need and I don't give a shit. And yeah. I think that- Because like your values said,
1: don't align with mine.
2: Correct. And like you said, I think in terms of a policy position, I think that this movie does such a good job making clear that like, this is just healthcare, right? I mean, I don't think you ever get a sense that Autumn has been asked these questions by anyone, like about her relationships or about her sexual health or about her sexual history or physical abuse or any of those things. So I think it makes a really compelling case for women get support in these areas that are not just directly tied to well are you going to get an abortion or not right i mean Mm -hmm. there is a grander picture here of a person that these places are willing to navigate and of course like You know, I think some people could very well dismiss this movie by being like, well, it has an agenda. But like every movie has a fucking agenda. Like life has an agenda. You know, like you're either for the status quo or you're not. And I think that, you know, people dismiss movies like this by being like, well, I don't agree with that politically. It's like, well, maybe your politics suck. I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, you know. Also,
0: spoiler alert everything is political. Politics is just literally the discussion of everything. So it's like. Yeah. One thing that and, was
2: um when I interviewed Boots Riley for Sorry to Bother You, one thing he said mm-hmm. is like, you know, like every movie is a copy of another movie. Mm-hmm. Like you're just recreating what you saw in a movie when you decide to make a movie because like how we view the world is just a feedback loop with our pop culture, right? And so I think that's one of those things that I, I did read something somewhere where mm-hmm. somebody said that like they didn't find this movie realistic in terms of the obstacles that it laid out for the girls and I was like like, then you haven't been a teenage girl. Like, you don't know what yeah. that's like. <laughs> and, I don't well, know.
1: And I think the other thing that, you know, maybe we haven't kind of underscored here is Eliza Hittman's direction is really sharp. You know, like, she really understands. You know, again... The, the 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 holding hands behind the pillar, the 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 single shot of um of um Sky uh, of of Autumn as she's being asked these questions repeatedly and we see her slowly break down as the questions you know, like point to little things like when was the first time you had sex, how many sexual partners have you had, is right. someone hurting you? You know, like there's this. Has someone ever a...
2: forced you to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
1: all of those and things. She doesn't actually and, and the, the I think the amazing thing bit of direction there she doesn't answer those questions but we know looking at her what the answers are yeah um and and that's just a you know i think um this sort of incredible um fortitude of of direction it's like like you know like it's it's really difficult as a director to to not want to reinforce those moments, you know, with the camera or to or to push those moments, but she or does with the you
2: score know, that like comes yeah. in and like swoops yeah. you away. I and mean, the other thing too that's yeah, really it's a lot interesting, of trust. yeah, is that there are moments here that are also really joyful. Like I think we've yeah. talked a lot about like the bond of friendship, and also that there's stuff that's depressing. But like I think they have fun at karaoke with the bus guy you know like i think they have fun at the bakery trying out the new pastries that they haven't tried before so i think that the movie also does a good job like you said like building the friendship between the girls so it's not all misery and trauma like they clearly love each other and have fun together and that's just as important as like the heavy shit that they're going to take on together
0: Mm -hmm. and that
2: the movie builds in those moments I think is also really to its credit again it makes it more than just the quote unquote abortion movie
1: i don't yeah. think to me there's no part of this that is the abortion movie like there's mm-hmm. no there's no read of this that is you know like when i think about obvious child i i you know as much as i like that film i know that the the sort of the gag there is it's a comedy about abortion and and you know and i think you know when i think about juno it's a comedy about um teenage pregnancy um I, there's nothing about this that says it's the abortion movie as much as this is a movie like first cow uh, you know like as much as you could say first cow is a movie about um uh, the, the first wave of capital you know first wave uh, american capitalism it's actually more just a film about friendship and mm-hmm. and the underscoring of this friendship and and that's you know like I know that under you know the way to sell this movie is to sell it as the abortion movie, right? Well,
2: but I it's, think it can, it's just
0: it's not that movie. I think it can be both.
2: Yeah, like I, yeah. I
0: don't I don't think th- there's a way to say quote the abortion movie in a bad way, and I agree that this movie does not do that. But th- it's also th- the best movie about abortion. That I've it, seen yeah, so like I kid. I think it is actually both, and I think it's wonderful that it's both because mm. you could you could. On, on so many different levels in lesser hands with lesser artists at the helm and involved, you could botch the hell out of this uh, yeah. because it is such a knife's edge uh, production or, or sort of like dance that they're doing to make it all fit. Um, yeah, no, I think it's both and I'm glad it's both. Yeah. Uh, Again, if you haven't, listeners, you should watch this film, please, and thank you. Um, If if we've said anything in this podcast is we didn't like this movie at all. Yeah, it's really...
1: You should really watch Wonder Woman 84. (laughs) I think, yeah,
0: just watch Wonder Woman a second time. I think you'll learn everything you need to learn from both the park scene and outside the museum with uh, Kristen Wiig. I think that's really what we're saying. Um, (laughs) Yeah. man yeah. she just wants to be an apex predator okay <laughs>
2: wants guys that's it that's uh, all she wants uh, wish
0: wishes i don't know hey, listen uh, anyway, life is good is, that's how you but it can be the better. patriarchy is what i'm saying
2: oh, i mean God. i can't i can't even joke about it anymore <laughs> i'm sorry i'm, <laughs> I'm sorry tapped out. i'm so tapped out um, uh did either of you see beach rats hitman's other no, movie? no i know
1: hitman's last film and i heard that okay. was beautiful as well i, I just slipped onto the yeah. radar for me it was but i so want to go back and see micro it now.
2: Indie. yeah it was like yeah. impossible to find. i mean it got a release from neon but it's yeah. very mm. difficult to find but that that is also well i won't say anything but i, I would I, recommend
0: yeah. worth a watch yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah.
0: nice well uh unless anybody has any closing last minute thoughts three Mm, I'll say yeah. this. First yes. Cow
2: was definitely a movie about the evils of capitalism first and a movie about <laughs> friendship second. I actually wrote a piece making that argument. So I no, I'm, I'm just it.
1: saying it's about, agri- it's about farming and I'm, that's all I'm going to leave it at. It's a, it's
0: <laughs> it's a, a about movie about delicious, <laughs> Delicious griddle cakes or whatever they were making. I don't remember
2: what, what the Qua, technical... Qua, Qua, full, uh, oh, they I was it watching the, some He makes Clifudi.
1: Because yeah. I was yeah. watching a baking show where they were making that the other day. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's the first they cow They brought here. the cow out. <laughs> um,
0: well, all right. that f- Fair oh. enough. Uh, th- this has been the only podcast about the film Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I hope that is a misnomer. Um, <laughs> Roxana, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion.
2: Thank you for having me on and for we're, uh, indulging in my... Myriad anger.
0: <laughs> no, oh, no, your myriad anger is both uh, justified and uh, able to shed a light on things that uh, I absolutely think have should have that light be shed. Um, where can folks find you on the interwebs and all of the works that you do?
2: Oh, God. Um, I mean, you can find me on Twitter. That's probably the best place. Um, it's just my first name, R-O-X-A-N-A underscore my last name, H-A-D-A-D-I. Um, and I usually just tweet stuff out there. Uh, you can find me freelancing for a variety of places, AV Club, Polygon. I'm doing a look back on Freaks and Geeks for Vulture. So I write oh, nice. three essays a week, one about every episode. I'll be doing that nice. for the next six weeks. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Various places on the Internet, wherever will tweeting, have me.
1: I saw you tweeting about a rewatch of The Wire, which got me very excited. Um,
2: yes, I am thinking about doing that. So, yeah, that will <laughs> just a take over my life.
1: It's a show I've revisited, I think, three or four times now and, and just gets better every time I watch it. So I'm like, I'm... Yeah. Um- I'm in for that.
0: Well, well, Shahir, when you're not worried that Omar's coming, where can yeah. folks find you? Uh, you can find me hiding in uh
1: the outer boroughs of Baltimore, probably in the harbor. Uh <laughs> at my season website too. W- wow. <laughs> D- <laughs> www.shahirdad.com shahirdau d.com. Season 2 by the way is very underrated. I think it's Oh yeah. Be it's, a season. the ranking it's-
2: is one, two, four, three, four.
1: Five. I, I think I I actually go. Th- I trust the sing song hey, hey, way that that hey, no, no. I let, let me just because I got to do this now. For me, it's four, three, two, five, one.
2: Wow. Okay. Interesting. So really. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
1: No, no. Five and one are the other way around. Five is the worst season yeah five is is by far the worst yeah five is by far
2: the worst i mean you could almost say well no you can't say one two three four five because i do think that the kids are amazing
1: the kid, yeah season four is amazing
2: anyway okay anyway yeah, yeah, yeah
1: matt when you are recounting your rankings of the seasons of the
0: wire uh where can people find you You can find me rearranging all sorts of numerical digits to fit my fancy at my website. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L dot com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN. Side note, I should I keep saying my PlayStation network handle for people to you know message me play games or whatever tons of people do mm-hmm. and I, I but they don't leave a message to who they are so like I don't like I'm just declining if you hear me say this on the podcast <laughs> you've been you saying this for a, years by the way I know but this is the thing <laughs> say in the message I listen to the podcast and I will I will friend you on there but I will not do it you I don't you know what you're gonna
1: get. You know, you're gonna get tenant hot takes while you're playing Call of Duty or
0: whatever. Sure, it is you're great. Playing. Oh, Call of Duty. No, no, thank you. Um, also, <laughs> the please the show out of the good Disgust works on your face. Was, was I, hate perfect that. I hate that franchise. I hate to, anyway. Um, uh, so historically accurate, by the way. Also, not political. Um, you can also check out, please do the good works for doing over at Extra Credits by the time this comes out. We will have wrapped up our Saladin and the Third Crusade series. Um, and uh, we'll be moving on, I think, uh, in a little bit. Oh, is it? Oh, we're doing one on Teddy Roosevelt and trust busting, which is a message that I think uh, might be a little important in today's day and age. Um, So please check that out over there. Next week we'll be back with a film.
1: We, we've gotta do Nomadland and Minari. Roxana has- Yeah, you has, do, you do. Yeah,
0: sh- we do. Should we try, Shahir? and I can't promise this due to the schedule, um, but should we try to do a double a double whammy feature, or should we like, as far as a review is concerned?
1: I I feel like these those movies. You want to try it? To... Okay, so no, our though, 2020 it would be
0: disrespectful to do like those two movies. It could be a two hour episode. I don't know. <laughs> um... I
2: do think that they are both tied together by a sense of what the American dream is. So I think right. you could do it thematically if you wanted to.
1: I'm just always right. like we we spend so much time talking about bullshit movies that yeah. like I, if we spend you know I want to spend an actual. You know, Chloe Zhao is gonna is, is like gonna be the filmmaker of the Knicks you know, of the Knicks
0: How of this decade, dare you and we should smoke her the <laughs> as a waste of time the we one did, film we did the an hour
1: and a half on nicholas cage's jujitsu the Come one film yeah.
0: the one film i have apologized to shahir for asking to do What's out of 309 is I never, episodes i
1: never Pretty bring bad. it up you bring it up you apologize because I for feel it so bad. every time i feel
0: <laughs> so bad how
2: much time did you spend on tenet
0: too, too long, long i'll tell you that
2: <laughs> yeah can't, can't rewind. Till... Can't rewind it back. No. Can't oh, if only.
0: Totally. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will talk at you next week. Until then, please enjoy uh, the rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, night, whenever you are listening to us, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.